Especially in the game, we get out with what you put in, it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Nimrick went out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Hello and uh, welcome along to episode 266 of Treaty Talk. Uh, Tom Clancy and Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Star newspapers here to chat everything GA. And we're delighted to say we're joined by our first guest of 2024, and that is former Dublin and Limerick hurler Morris O'Brien. Uh, good evening to you, Morris. Uh, how is hey, things Tom. going? Matt. All good now, yeah. Yourselves, keep good. it good. How are you, honest? Looking forward to the season starting in earnest now. The weekend. Yeah, as a, as a former intercounty hurler, it's the, the time of year where I suppose the, the if you're look using cliches, it's when fellas are trudging through mud and uh, you know uh, putting the hard yards. Uh, did you enjoy this time of year preseason, or how did you look at it? No, I wasn't a big fan of the preseason. Now I, I used to like when the league started, things might ease up a little bit. Yeah, know, with a couple of months before it. No, it wasn't wasn't great. I remember a couple of years doing the running track out in UL and oh, God, it was the most torturous couple of years I've ever put down. I hate it just with a passion. Yeah, yeah. It, it would put manners on you, I'm sure. Um it's the, horrible. You obviously mentioned there the league season uh, around the corner. But and before you go on to the league there, just just briefly, Morris, to take you up there on the preseason, um, what what are your views on, on the preseason competitions? Mindful of the fact now that the GPA voted overwhelmingly um, late last year to get rid of him, but it was probably too late to get rid of him for for this year. But like the debacle that we had in Munster this year, now I know we've no control of the elements whereby the the competition had to be abandoned. Uh, it's rushed in, Matt. It goes in there, and I don't think there's any need for it. I think. There. the way the calendar has gone gone the league is starting earlier and the championship much earlier there isn't any time for it anymore and my main fear is you have a Fitzgibbon Cup in squads half kind of squads out of the calendar and more into the background than it ever was before and a cracking competition that needs to be protected and I think it's a way more prestigious competition than these um, pre-season games right right uh, the way it has been abandoned this year kind of shows in itself the importance of them. They're brilliant for giving game time to guys on the fridges and getting a chance. But I also think there's opportunity for that, similar to the Dylan Quirk game the weekend, which is a more worthy cause than them, uh, to get a couple of games like that um, fit in when, when, if and when needed, not on Wednesday night here and there in the cold. And you can see what they're trying to do. I, I'd be way more in favour of the Fitzgibbon Cup being protected properly than playing these games. Colm O'Rourke, at the end of last year, he had a tirade on the, on the Sunday, on League Sunday one day, giving out about the... Well, he, he was interested in the Sigerson Cup, but I suppose he meant, you know, the pre-season competition. And he was yes. saying, like, 
why why not reschedule the preseason competitions? Or sorry, he was saying why not reschedule them the third level colleges competitions? To have them before Christmas. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 I have scratched my head and, and discussed that with people at ad nauseum since, and I cannot see any place where you can fit it in. Because yeah. like, with, with, with the split season now, pre-Christmas is pretty well tied up with the clubs. It's tied up with the clubs. Cause like I remember in our day, we had a situation where Portumna were obviously going well and Joe Canning was with us. And, you know, he always turned up and played for us, you know, but there was a case where he's... He's an important All-Ireland semi-final. Always kind of happened with slap bang in the middle of Fitzgibbon Cup season. So, and he always played for us, to be fair. You know, Portumna gave him that opportunity as well. But there's plenty of other players that don't uh, get that opportunity, you know. So, yeah, you will have a couple of players that will fall follow that before Christmas. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, Rick, how, how it works maybe before Christmas. I, I just think they're a cracking competition. The history behind this. Like there's what history is there for a Munster league, you know? It's like there's there's nothing sure it was gone for a few years and it was back and yeah, I'd say the history behind those third third level competitions needs to be protected at all costs in my eyes. Players love them, absolutely love them. It doesn't probably get the engagement from the supporters because unless you're a past uh, pupil of one of the colleges and you follow it that way, you're probably not invested in it. But look, you look through, look at the UL team sheet there, for example, and UCC, you see the names dotted through it. Like, that's that's your breeding ground for, for are you going to make it as inter-county order? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely, ab absolutely totally correct in that, Morris. And, and they are competitions that have to be protected no matter what. And I suppose um, the, the, the timing of them and the scheduling them here at the start of the year is probably the best and only option that's available. Yes. Like, instead of having these pre-seasons, at least um, that, that they should get half of January at least as, as a free run to get the early rounds of the competitions over. I do too. And I suppose one thing that we have in our favour, John Kiley respects the competitions immensely, Matt and Tom. You know, he gives the players the opportunity to go and play them. He doesn't put pressure on them that they, they need to be playing the Monster League games. He, he's, I suppose, ever since day one, and look, John being for the UCC, I think, Matt, was it? That's right, yeah. It's given with so look, John's well versed in the competition as well, but he gives our lads every opportunity to enjoy it, to, to maximize the, the tournament. So which is brilliant from our point of view. Yeah. He does not he doesn't hide behind it in in, in promoting the importance of the competitions, no, which is, no. as you say is fantastic, Morris. No, brilliant, yeah. like and probably needs to be done like you know, you were saying Colin Morocco, it needs to be done widespread by inter-county managers that they need to look after the game more so than just their own patch, definitely. Yeah, I think just to pick up on that, and, and I think John Kiley's view on it is quite simple. Now, obviously, he, he views it as a good competition, but for, even from his, his own point of view, if Limerick play, obviously, uh, a Munster League game on a, on a Sunday, he's going to use, say, 20 players. But then there could be another five will play a very high-quality game, competitive game, probably even more competitive uh, during the week yeah. so now he's getting 30, 25 30 even more depending on the the numbers it's a very simple view for me that he says right colin cocklin and adam english etc with you well going to get a good tempo game good quality game rather than you know sitting on the bench or or maybe not being involved in the monster league game this is it's a very simple analogy he says 30 guys will get close to, to the league speed uh, and obviously championship beyond that. So it's 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 a very simple view, I think. And I actually saw uh, today uh, Henry Shefflin bemoaning the competition. He uh, 
lost one of a couple of his players for the Walsh Cup final the weekend. And, you know, he's someone that I thought would have, you know, seen the, the wood from the trees, as it were, with this competition. But, you know, not, every, not everyone's on John Kiley's uh, wavelength in terms of that, I don't think. I see the young lad from Port Humlin is sticking a goal from Mary Eye there. Very impressive in the highlights the other day. So, look, it shows it, it up guys like that, you know, that, yeah. that, you know, gives them that bit of experience and that promote gives him an opportunity to now break into that Galway squad. In the next couple yeah. was it, was, wasn't he the young lad that came on and got a late point in the Leinster Championship yes. last year? Was that him? This was, he was excellent in the highlights. I I, 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 the, we're talking about this guy, Dean McLaughlin, is it? That's yeah. With, with McLaughlin, Declan yeah. McLaughlin with, with Mary Ice oh, scored a goal against yeah. UCC. Yeah, yeah. So last last uh, last Wednesday. So yeah, he he's someone that obviously is in Joe Canning's mind. So I, I'm surely Joe wants to see him excelling at, at third level and I, I don't think he was the player in question, but there's other players that, you know, he, he was short of. But look, that's that's one manager. I think I think we'll, we're all in the Kylie wavelength. This, there's, there's these competitions are great. And I go to a lot of these games. I was at one of them uh, on Monday evening, and I tell you, I really enjoy them. They're good, fair. They're good tempo. There's no no real messing between the teams. You know, there's a, you 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 get what you see, and the games are free as well, <laughs> generally speaking. So I I can't see maybe why people maybe the weather is the the main downfall for people not to go to them. But you could see the next gem. Like I mean, we're seeing Shane O'Brien in this this year. Obviously, we know well about him. But you know, down the years, we'd have seen guys. I know when I was in UL myself, Broad Hegarty, but he started putting his hand up. Obviously, playing Fitzgibbon and Sigerson. But but that was before he was on the Limerick curling panel. So yeah. you know it's it's a real a real breeding ground for um for these guys, you know. No, definitely, definitely. And it's great to see like Alan O'Connor getting his start on that UL team now this year. Isn't that brilliant to see, you know? And that's obviously showing showing real promise from him. Yeah, definitely, so, definitely. Yeah. Just, just turning back to the intercounty thing, uh, scene, uh, obviously the, the Lequirk game we mentioned it there. Limerick well beaten, uh, Matt. I suppose the scoreline is irrelevant. Uh, Limerick used 26 players in Tipperary, used 29, upwards of 3,000 people in attendance, all for good cause and all that. Good run out for, for the, the um, I suppose, the, the trialing players now. Maybe that phrase is uh, one that I've created there, but guys that are looking to get onto the panel. So good to get get them out in a, in a serious game that was, um, you know, respected by both teams. Yeah, well, between the two games that Limerick have played, um, they have, I suppose, given stats to, well, it's gone into double figures. There were three last last uh, Sunday. You had, you had Ronan Lyons and you had um, uh, Donald Cock uh, Ronan Lyons started and you had Evan O'Leary and Donald Cochran coming on late in the game. But we had a whole raft of them before that and we had Emmett McAvoy eat, eating... Um, Aiden Turley, um, Joe Fitzgerald, David Fitzgerald, Liam Lynch, uh, Dara Langan, Mike Keane. Like, there, there, there was a whole, but missing one or two more of them. Even, that, that, our man that from Ballingarry, you know. Our man from Ballingarry, that, that is good. Now, whether any of them will break into uh, a match day squad, whether any of them will make the cut for the, for the, for the final panel when it comes, that remains to be seen. Luke Flynn was another one that got. Got good game time. Got a good goal against Clare. So, like, um, it, it, it's good that these lads get a sense of what intercounty champ or intercounty, um, what level they have to come up to, um, to play at intercounty level. Albeit it's only preseason, maybe of the league. But like, you know, if 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 you could see of of those debutants, if you could see a two or three of those coming into match day squads, I suppose the games have been worthwhile and. Um, uh, 
the Tipperary game, in many ways, you could have said filled the need, but um, in, in that you had lost um, your second round of the Munster Senior League and you'd lost the potential Senior League final and that it, 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 it would fill a gap. But um, John Kylie seemed to opt for a completely um, a completely new look new, new look team. I, I, I was going through today and I, I reckon in the two games that Limerick have played so far, that only one player that started in the All-Ireland has featured, and that was Dan Morrissey, who captained Limerick in, in Clare Castle the night. Yeah. I think you're going to see a raft of that All-Ireland team. You're going to see seven or eight of them, I think, named for the weekend, plus French players, maybe one or two that we saw that were tried out would make the, 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 um, the um, match day panel. What is John Kylie going to do? With with the um, with the Fitzgibbon Cup players, and there are quite a lot of them there. That would uh, be interesting. I, I, and I and think you know, all games, his commitment and the, the possibility is that he's going to work around them and let them free to play for their college. Yeah, I, I give a couple I, of games there, Matt. Coming up, you you first Antrim is Westmead, second, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that, that's that's the where the couple of games that were lost there in the Munster League. I, I feel he'll be go very experimental in those two games. Um, with the likes of a, a yeah a dad Morrissey who kind kind of an ever present in in early round games as well and and maybe Tom and a few more I think they'll throw one per line in and I think they'll go experimental from there. Um, I'd like to see them doing that, give guys the opportunity because you look as as you go to the later stages of the league. I think the last two games is Galway and who's the second last one? Yeah, Tipperary. 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 Yeah, I think you'll be shaping up towards closer to your championship team by the time you get to there. Um, I think they'll be very experimental in the first week, first two weeks. I just, I, I feel yeah. that'll be the way. Yeah, Morris, it's the the model that Limerick have gone. You mentioned one player in the line, uh, one veteran, if you like, or one experience. It's a, it's a very good model that they've been pursuing for a while now. That you say Dan Morris, might be full back, and then you might have, we'll say Emmett McAvoy alongside him, and maybe Aaron Costello. You know, the guys that. Maybe have haven't been uh, as prominent in the Limerick jersey. Just just to, just to use an example, but it's a, it's a good model, I think, because obviously a, a rookie, if you like, um, maybe like Emmett McAvoy, he has a nice steady hand beside him, and, and probably maybe in front of him as well at seven or maybe at six, and it it, it seems to work. You know, they they've they picked up results when the teams have been yeah. maybe experimental in down the years in the league. But it, it it a guy's not you know you don't have a full forward line that is completely. New, they're not three debutants in the far line. You might, you might have uh, Seamus Flanagan and then two, two guys who are pushing for for a place in the in the actual panel. Like you know, so it seems to be a good model that they've they've um, they've stumbled upon. What he has done a lot previously is kind of he has two regulars in the line and one debutant. Okay, yeah. which is the ideal scenario. If you're if you're that debutant, you want a couple of steady hands all around you. Like even take that as a goalkeeper, right? You want a championship full back line area in front of you to get a fair crack at it. And you want a couple of target men up in your half forward line that you, you get a fair crack at the proper run of puckouts, you know, that uh, that you're hitting a Hagerty or a Tom Morrissey, you know, as well for, for your puckouts. And like that, your cornerback in the ideal scenario, did you have Dan Morrissey alongside you and Dermot Burns in front of you, you know? So that's a real crack of the whip. Whereas, you know, it's a hard if you make wholesale changes. Uh, I, I remember trying to break in yourself and the day you get your chance, there's 10 of you getting your chance and sure it's, it's, uh, 
everyone's trying to prove themselves and the cohesion and the team play goes out of it, you know, you just want to fit in and have them fellas either side of you offering that bit of advice and something goes wrong that they're straight away, forget about it, next ball, next ball, you know, so, but again, if you're that young player and you have an inexperience beside you and in front of you, a mistake happens, you know, you can confound that with a second mistake on top of it very quickly if you don't have somebody beside you talking you through it. Yeah. Matt, do, do you think Limerick want to win this league this year? And obviously we're defending champions, we nearly forget that. Uh, but do they yeah, want to win well, it this year? We've heard time and again when that question has been uh, um, has been asked and we've, we've got a very emphatic answer. <clears throat> None more so than from the Morrissey brothers. Uh, coincidence that they want to win every game and in every competition that they go into. But I, I, I'm a small bit worried. I, I, I taught the additional games in the league after the group stage last year. I, I, I think it brought, um, it didn't give um, Limerick the opportunity that it gave to Waterford and Clare to regroup for the championship. And I think the running from the league to the championship is far too close. And um, of course, we want to win every competition that we, we, we go into, but. Like this is a special year for Limerick Hurley. There's a huge prize. Like there's a place in immortality waiting Limerick if they can do it this year. And I'm not so sure that being involved in a league semi-final and a league final and maybe extra time or whatever it is, I don't think that's the ideal preparation for going into a championship. All right, if you had a break of a month, yes. But as it is now at the moment, what are you looking at? Maybe two weeks maximum? I think yeah, I think the league final is the middle middle round the tenth or so of uh, of um, April, and then the Limerick are out a fortnight later. I think maybe I'm slightly off of the dates there, but uh, yeah. first first day out in the championship in Ennis, which you know as 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 we know is no no easy feat. Uh, Clare are obviously a fine side too, so yeah. But you can't you can't send a team out to lose either, Morris, can you? It's, no, I, I, I it not. goes against everything that the, the team has stood for in the last number of years. They will go out to win every game, guys. Uh, you know, and, and John Kyle, that's the message that will be seeping through. You'll hear it you as you said. I remember Tom Morris in the same interview last year. Uh, someone I asked the question, "Why have been you even match?" But you got the answer back. Whoever twas got the answer back fairly emphatically that we want to win the league. Uh, I think the message would be same. Um, again, but that will be while still trialing players throughout that process. And if that's good enough to win the league, then great. Um, but I don't think I took the mentality will be to win it or not to. They won't be going focus on it. The mentality will be win every game, game by game. Uh, I agree with you that they were a little off at the start of last year's championship. But I feel last year's league met a lot of teams just conceded. They didn't come and show their hand. If you remember the year before, Galway came and beat us in the Gaelic Crowns in what was a cracking game for a league game. And it didn't do them any good come championship. So I think a lot of teams last year decided to basically uh, surrender and give up their two points to Limerick and let's not show them what we're working on here. It didn't ultimately didn't work for them in championship either. So I don't know what approach teams have playing Limerick in the league. Um, last year I felt it was very... Very poor from the opposition. They didn't come to have a right go at all. Um, whereas they obviously came to have a right go in championship. It was tight in Munster, but again, Limerick got through it. Uh, but I think answering the first question, I don't see them putting... Uh, if things don't go well this year and we did, took, the, took the foot off the throttle in the league, uh, it goes against everything the team stands for so far. 
Yeah, I just, yeah, just of course, at... that, that's a small bit of extra bite in, in the league this year because heretofore in recent years, if you won one game, you were safe. But now we have a situation where we have a new format coming in in, in, um, in 2025. And how in God's name that the GA came up with groups of seven, I will never know. Seven, an uneven number. Um but that, that is what it is. But basically what is going to happen, and I, I'm hearing conflicting um, um, views as to what's going to happen, but one thing that's definitely going to happen is that the, the top three teams in Group 1 and Group 1A and B are going to be part of Division 1 next year. And uh, my understanding that it was going to be a playoff between the two forts, um, now I'm hearing that it's the best fort. Maybe, Morris, you could throw some light on that. But um, I, 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 it means that this, this one win will not do now. You know, so club um, counties will be, they, they, you know, they'll be more focused on it for this year anyway. Oh, well, look, I think the league is, like, you don't have the top seven teams in that in that one division. They're split between the two sides of it, Matt. So you you're, you're still have... Ourselves, Galway, Tip in one side, and West. What, what else is Westmead, Antrim, and Dublin? So, like, I, I don't see a scenario where Limerick aren't finishing in the top three there. Uh, so, I, I, I don't see it as a pressure. I remember a league of eight teams, which was the top eight teams, and staying in that league well, it was difficult. And then it went to a six team league, and that staying in that league was difficult. I don't think staying in this. I don't know why they keep changing the format, like, but I don't think Limerick have any fears of not finishing the top three. And it's a playoff with the four teams. I don't see that being like, I, I just don't like the setup of the league at all. Matt, I think it should be the top six teams playing against each other. And if you're not good enough to be in that top six, you go down. Yeah, I think you. Of course, Morris. Of course, yeah, absolutely. You see, is that what it's going to be next year? I think that's a way better format. I, I don't know why they didn't just jump straight to it. Well, it's it's going to seven as Matt says. So, like uh, yeah. Limerick invariably, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Limerick, are, without a shadow of doubt, will finish ahead of uh, two, if, if not three of them. Even if they put out the, the most experimental team, you'd imagine they'll have it too much for Antrim, Westmead, and then you know they should should be able to pick up enough points after the other three games to to finish in the top three, and that puts them in the top tier for next year. But don't think that's even a concern. Um, but. They'll be just, you know, they'll be just looking to get uh, get the guys uh, that are lightly raced a bit more um, up to speed, I suppose, as it goes on. And maybe, maybe the order of the fixtures is is ideal in that regard, um, you know, without trying to disrespect any counties. But maybe it, it's, you know, it's a slow build up towards the the bigger hitters as it goes on. But uh, you know, what, we, we... what are they trying to find in the league, lads? Where, where's the most key position they need to find a player or two? Well, it's well, not that. That suggested Limerick only use eighteen different starters in the in the four All Ireland in a row to date. So, yeah. I suppose your 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 concern there is, you know, maybe another injury or two, and where how how deep do you have to go into your panel now? Limerick seem to have w- worked around injuries in the last few years, no problem. But you never know what yeah. what if Aaron Galan went down, or what if Nicky Quaid went down? What's um, you know, just to use two um, I suppose uh, at opposite ends of the field. But what what's the solution maybe? And that's probably what the league is, should be about maybe. Yeah, like uh, on that, like you have to give. I know it's the strategy has to be give one league game to your number two goalkeeper, which at the moment that's David McCarthy. Uh, you know, I 
geez, I, I, I feel there should be given two or three league games there just in the eventuality that you're up to speed, you know. Um, and again, who, who, who falls in for Aaron Galan in, uh, I suppose, a leading the line mentality? Like, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a difficult one. That probably falls to Seamus Flanagan in, in, in that thing. Yeah, a bit of a rejig, maybe, yeah. Yeah, who, who fits in there, you know. Then you're free-taking to think of as well, you know. So they're two key, key ones, you know. But you, you'd love to see David McCarthy getting a couple of games uh, in the league. Um, I know there are a couple of goalkeepers brought in, Matt. I think there's four goalkeepers in there at the moment. Is there Jamie Power, Thomas Lynch, and Nicky? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so again, it, it, the Monster League going the way it went probably limits the opportunities for all of them, you know, given a specialist position. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to see a couple of goalkeepers getting opportunity during during a couple of league games. Yeah, it would. Um, Matt, what do you think? You'd, you'd, you'd have to agree, Tom, that... that um, John Kiley and and um, Paul Kinnock are the masters of improvise. Because if you were told at the start of the championship last year that you were going to be without um, Sean Finn from all of it practically and Declan Hannon for a lot of it, you'd have been inclined to throw your hands up in the air and say, bloody hell, this is bad luck. Um, but the job that John Kiley and um, Paul Kinnock did in replacing was absolutely simply fantastic. And we, we had another we had another example about a couple of years earlier, I think the first year of COVID, where we had two of our full back line out um, in the opening round of the championship against Clare. If my memory serves me correct, it doubled up with the league. And, yeah. and both Mikey Casey and, and Richie English were out. We saw Dan Morrissey slotted into full back. Barry Nash slotted into cornerback. That there's a certain amount of, of versatility in, 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 in the players that we have, but um I think that John Kiley and Paul Kanark and their management team have done a fantastic job in improvising that because in 2022 um we were without, without the master playmaker Keen Lynch. Last year we were without Sean Finn, then Declan Hannon. Yeah. And we still survived. I suppose them, them cornerback injuries are still, I suppose, a, a, a current trend as well with, with Sean Finn and Richie English. So you have your you have your uh, you have your starting fullback line of regulars, shall we call them, from last year. Mike Casey, Dan, and Barry. I think the depth needs to be found there. Uh, I know yeah. the two lads are on the road to recovery, but it'll be interesting to see who gets the opportunity to in the fullback line in the league. I think that'll be a very interesting development. Uh, he's tried a couple of guys there in the Munster Leagues, Emmett McAvoy, uh, Fergal O'Connor. So I think there's game time there to see who steps up to the plate in those positions as next up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what way the lads come back as well. Um, Sean Finn, I think it was the 30th of April, he did his crucial, and I think Richie then was probably the early days of July. So maybe Sean is a little bit further along, but then how much, you know, how much game time is he going to be able to get back uh, before the April dates in the championship? Yeah. So you're right there. Yeah, that is definitely a line of the pitch. That is obviously a great strength to Limerick, but at the same time is maybe one or two more blows away from um, being, you know, in, in real in real peril, maybe from in terms of uh, having to look deeper. Yeah, and there hasn't been, there, it, it's a line you don't change, you know, too often in games, but when you have to, you know, you, you want to make sure you're, your guys are up to up to it, you know. Imagine, imagine getting a starting jersey there now, and all of a sudden, Richie English and Sean Finn both come back and roll into training fully fit. Tap <laughs> <laughs> on the shoulder, yeah. Very tough going. Yeah, yeah. But that's the that's yeah that's the joys of it. In fairness to and you, Matt mentioned twenty twenty that Richie English lost his place. Obviously, he did his cruciate then in uh, 
think a league game just before COVID uh, broke no, out. No, no, I didn't say he lost his place. What I said he was no, injured. But, sorry, sorry, he was injured, but he actually did. He did lose his championship place. I, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, invariably, Barry Nash came in, did such a stellar job uh, that Richie hasn't seen. Has he seen a minute of championship since? Maybe a few minutes here or there, but hasn't been given a starting jersey um, in the championship since. And obviously, he's had another injury now, which you know has scuppered that too. So, I mean, when you break it down, like it's that's that's the that's what's making this team great is that um, someone else has plugged plugged the hole. Not not to say Richie was was doing anything wrong, but it's, it's, you know another man has stepped into the breach and has just hasn't let go of the jersey. That's that the old cliche that we want everyone wants at the club team, but Limerick have it at the top level. You know, the year before, if you were to say, look, Barry Nash was, was struggling to get game time to forwards and completely rejuvenated himself, opportunity knocked, and he has a hold of that jersey now. So it probably shows that if you do grab a hold of it and you're performing, you'll keep yeah. it. So he's probably yeah. one of the mainstays of the team now. Definitely, yeah. You'd be you'd be shocked if he was, um, you know, listed 17, 18 or 19 or whatever oh, it would be for oh, a championship Jesus. game. You know, we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be calling for Kylie's head, would we? <laughs> but, uh, I'd let you do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just that just shows you how the team has evolved. I know I mentioned at the start a lot of the same players, but there has been an evolution. I think Barry Nash played wing-back in the last Kenny in 19, and 19, obviously came on, yeah. came on in the forwards maybe in the semi-final in 18 as well. So, And you mentioned probably it was a little bit down the pecking order in terms of, uh, you know, First or second sub on, but yeah. you know, grab the jersey and uh, now you know firmly in that uh, in that full in that number four jersey and. But the age profile, Tom, of that, so I suppose you'll say there's probably not a huge turnover of players, right? But like the age profile where they started, very very young, and you know, the well, like what's Keane Lynch now? 27, 28? 20, just gone twenty eight. Yeah, you're just right? So that Hegarty that's your age group of. of you know, that minor team, Keane's minor team, Tom Morrissey, yeah. Barry Nash, Aaron Galan. Well, who else is bang on that age? Uh, um, Mike Casey, just around that age as well. Uh, yeah, so, like, yeah. they're all at their prime now, mm. you know. They're, they're 28, you know, a couple of really unbelievable years in your mid-20s. Like, 28 is, is a prime age. Like So, to say there hasn't been much turnover, you, you wouldn't expect much turnover no. from lads. They're not exactly rolling out the other side and, and far no, from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. No, and and uh, like I think Dermot Burns and and uh, Groot Hegarty would be hitting the thirty this year, and obviously yeah. then north of thirty, you're only looking at Declan Hannan, who's just just I think thirty one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Nicky is a little bit a little bit beyond that, and uh, I think Graham then is maybe thirty two or three. So like you're right, the core the core of the panel is in their twenties. Um, you know, at the time of speaking, like so. Yeah, they're still they're still at it. But but I mean I suppose no one has fizzled out of this panel, no one has really lost form of, of the, the fifteen to twenty guys we're so used to seeing. No no one has really, you know, lost their jersey. They've you know, they've invariably held on to um some some part, some role in the in the panels, which just shows the consistency um needed and, and that they've they've had, you know. Yeah, but you, you know, they're in such good shape and um you know the attitude and it, it's very, very hard to maintain it. And you must remember now they're going that this year they're going for seven years and there are eight years, going right back to 2017. But like we have to give full credit to John Kylie and his management, you know, for the way that they're keeping him fresh, the way that they're keeping him motivated, and the way that they have him prepared, you know, that that, that the versatility that they have, uh, so many of them have that can come in and fill gaps, you know, it's just simply phenomenal. Like Willem O'Donoghue going back to centre-back, you know, proved to be a masterstroke. 
even though he picked up an injury in the first few minutes of the All Ireland and played through it, which was which was incredible, you know. But and and um, you know the, the 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 way, as I said, like when Sean Finn went out and Declan Hannan went out, you'd say to yourself, "It's gone," you know. But by God, I'll tell you the way that they improvised and the way that they that um, it 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 just showed me how ready those in reserve are. And if those in reserve are that ready, they are bound to be putting pressure on those inside. Yeah. And that's why we may not have that much turnover because the pressure yeah. is on. You know, the I pressure is on from, 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 from day one once they come back. And, um, you know, there are so many people that, and, you know, we get a demonstration of that in, we'll say, the early season. And we, we got it in the league last year. When, when you know there was fellas chomping at the bit like um, to get a place and fail to get it, and I suppose the only one that has really made a breakthrough in into that inner sanctuary of, of the squad or, or of the team in in the last couple of years is 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 um, is um, O'Neill or Cahill O'Neill. O'Neill, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that that is not to say that the others aren't ready, but they're putting the pressure on those that are inside. And I, I think that's the secret. I, 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 because when you see fellas, and John Kylie has has mentioned it so often, um, when you see the fellas that come off the bench and the contribution that they can make off the bench, like th that, that will give you an idea in itself. Like that, those that they'll replace on a particular day, like they're under pressure. When you see these oh, yeah. guys coming on and performing like they did, David Reedy was another one that 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 probably broke into the inner sanctuary as well. You know, but, was the great um, to see very hard to get into it, and you have to be really, really on top. Was it great to see Matt David really grabbing a hold of that and, and blowing away this super sub mate that we had had about him there for a number of years? That he grabbed a hold of that starting jersey last year and was was brilliant all year. Um, yeah. Like David's been exceptional in the club hurling the last Jesus number of years, and the form for Limerick has been brilliant all the time. And it was brilliant to see him getting the start, starting jersey last year and keeping it all year. I thought he was brilliant. And that probably shows, you know, Carl O'Neill chomping at the bit, getting ready to break in there. And you've Adam English coming, right? Flying it in Fitzgibbon Cup there as well. Uh, you know, how, how do you keep him out? Uh, <laughs> who do you put out? You know, it, it just drives that real... I suppose hunger among the whole panel when you see that kind of quality of player they can't break through. Shane O'Brien, we want to see more of him this year. We probably feel we are more than we saw last year. Mm. Uh, Aidan O'Connor, you know, just 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 real quality coming, um, putting pressure Colin on. Cochran. Colin Cochran, Jesus, he was ex exceptional there for you. Well, I'm knocking over points in the pits the other day. Like, where's Colin Cochran going to get his opportunity? Is it going to be half back, midfield, half mm. forward? Midfield, if, if we're to go by the two games so far, small sample yeah. size, but maybe, maybe that's another. That's the 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 more likely option for him. Um, not to say that he'd be nailed nailed down to one position forever, but maybe maybe it is a case that he is the the, the next option there alongside uh, Dara Donovan and, and William O'Donoghue. And you know, if they need to pivot things with injuries elsewhere, that maybe you know, if William has to drop back again like he did last season, that maybe maybe that's Collins opening or or maybe he will be, you know, the guy that comes on in midfield, you know, for the last fifteen minutes and that's yeah. a role that maybe he could sure. uh could form up, you know. Important year for him now. He's he's been 
you know, knock in there now for a couple of years, but I think this is a huge year and just the shape he's in is phenomenal. Mm. Really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's only started out with Henrik as a corner forward. Yeah. Did he? Under 16 playing under 17 minor, I suppose. Yeah. He played with Henrik Minor as a corner forward. As I didn't know that though. Yeah. He's evolved, but um, yeah, he'll be the next. He'll be the, the next big experiment now, wherever he's needed. Yeah. <laughs> Could be so goalie yet, we wouldn't know. Could be. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't put it past him. They're so talented. But again, he's, he's got the, he's got the responsibility now as well this year, which will be very very good for him. I think he's joint captain of UL or vice captain of UL. Vice captain with Matt yeah, Rogers. Yeah. So yeah, you know, all these little things will help him, give him that that bit of responsibility. You know, so. Yeah, I, I think Colin Cochrane has a very, very big future. And, you know, in any other era in Limerick, and I God knows I remember a lot of eras at this stage, Colin Cochrane would be shooing. But, yeah. you know, yeah. talking about Colin Cochrane, like, it gives you an idea of how strong the men in possession are of the jersey. Mm -hmm. Big time. And the, the stat I would use to, to emphasize that is Colin came on against Cork in the the last round, Robin, of the Munster Championship. And that was actually Munster Championship debut. Man for maybe 15 minutes or whatever it was. That'll tell you he's been on the bench, he hasn't been injured. He's been, you know, in the 26 for the last few years. And that was the first time he got on it for a Munster game. Now I know he played in an All Ireland final and a semi final off the bench, but that'll tell you how how um how difficult it is to you know. just the thing. If, if you're a forward, you'll get rolled off the bench and get more opportunities off the bench. If you're a yeah, defender, yeah. like opportunities off the bench are limited to injuries. Yes. Or uh, somebody getting a roast, and which doesn't happen. So mm. yeah, you're you're limited yeah. getting off the bench as a, as a wing back, cornerback, yeah. back or wherever. Yeah, that'll tell you how consistent Kyle Hayes and um, and and Dermot Burns uh, had been as well in those flank positions, which is where maybe Colin was was lined up for. Uh, we might move it on, lads. We've mentioned and, uh, just a player that we that we didn't mention, and uh, like he had he had an unfortunate year. We didn't mention Jimmy Quitty at all as a player that might be coming through as well. But um, unfortunately, he has missed the year now, which is crucial. Yeah. yeah. Is he, on the, is he, is he on, uh, nearly on the way back, Matt? Well, actually, I know he's, he was a two-time captain of an under-20s team, you know, which which tells its own story, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, be great to have him back in the mix. Yeah, I think, it's it's I think pity I've when a player goes down, uh, when they're getting their opportunity, their first year in there, uh, yeah. to go down. I've seen him at the beginning game for... Not, it's not just most of the and, and um, as you say, two times captain, and um, uh, you know the way they lost the All Ireland final, you know, with the controversial point and the fact that Cahill O'Neill was was the water boy because of that asinine rule that prevented him from playing. But um, you know, um, but, but Jimmy Quilty certainly has loads and loads of potential. Yeah, yeah, all big time, big time. Yeah, yeah, we're just moving it on, lads, towards we might go to third level next. Um, since we mentioned plenty of it there, um, I'm just saying Jimmy Quilty would be eligible for Mary Eye or is eligible for Mary Eye, but unfortunately, uh, fitness not just there yet. But um, Mary Eye picked up their uh, second win of the competition, so eight point winners over UCC last Wednesday, and on Monday, just gone, they were two, uh, it was a 223 to 119 winners over Minute in Port Leash. Um, Matt, again, we're seeing uh, we're seeing Mary I. You know, they don't have the greatest pick in the world. They have a very small male population, but I tell you, they have, they seem to attract some fantastic hurlers from around the place. Uh, a few from Limerick, of course, including the aforementioned Shane O'Brien. But uh, Mary I march on into a home quarter final. 
Oh yeah, happiest congratulations to them. Like they 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 they've had two good wins over UCC and and over Minute College and uh, or Minute University, should I say? And I suppose at the outset of that particular group, um, you know, you you would have been inclined to say like it it would be UCC and one of the others, um, but that's not the way it has panned out. And they had a very very good win over UCC, and um, they had. Um, an equally good win over Minute. Now, I understand that you saw both of them, Tom, and the yeah. permutation now is that they have left UCC and Minute fighting it out on Thursday night for the place, and it, it's a game that UCC have to win because they have a, a, a one-point inferior scoring difference to um, to Minute College. So, like, the, and, you know, whoever wins it is is facing the, the you could nearly say, a booby prize in that they have to travel to Limerick to play UL, yeah. you know, um, because like, we, we've spoken, we, we've spoken about about uh, briefly there about UL there in, in the context of of Colin Coughlin and Adam English and them and they're they're um, like they 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 they're a team of all the talents. They're a stellar a stellar outfit. Now you, you look at the you look at the UCC panel and you, you say to yourself, gosh, what about twelve fellas that have played singer for Cork? So they must, they must, um, you know, they, they, they must be favourites to win it. Like, but it doesn't work like that, and it, it probably gives you a sense that, um, you know, why Cork at senior level are not, you know, and and that's not to say that they won't be a big threat this year. But like, if there's a lot of guys there now that are that are playing with UCC and they've got game game time with Cork now, Cork have played three games already this year. No, despite the fact that um, that their game with Limerick aborted, in that they had uh, first of all they had the Teddy McCarthy Memorial game before Christmas, then then they had the Hannel Cannon Michael O'Brien um, tournament final, which they were beaten by UCC, even though they had some of the UCC players playing with them, and um, then then um, uh, the, the game with Limerick aborted, and they, sorry they beat Clare, and. Um, but a lot of those guys got got runs, and some of them, you know, have been members of the Cork senior team, uh, the senior panel for the last what two or three years, and um, you 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 just wonder. But um, that is, as it is anyway. But we have two Limerick teams already through, and I, I'd be pretty confident that we'll have a third, like Mary I are through, UL are through, both with home, with home. Um, uh, quarterfinals. No, um, TUS Midwest, um, um, I, in my view, they're likely to get through because they they have a game with 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 um, with ACU um, Galway. Uh, Galway. Yeah. No, and I I would be fancying them, especially on their home patch. I I would expect them to win. Now the other monster side, um, MTU um, Cork. I would also expect them to get through um, for the simple reason that um, uh, they're playing um, DCU and DC, both DCU um, have um, uh, SETU Waterford. These, these new names that we have to spell out tongue SETU, Southeast Technical University Waterford. Right. We have Robbie Handley, by the way, and Barry Hennessy on board. Yeah. Um, 
They're through, and and I, I would be expecting um, that MTU will get will, will get through with them. They have the MTU now, including that team, Kieran Joyce, who they probably the best very, known. Them. So we could possibly five team. of the last eight could be Munster colleges. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah, oh, look, it'd be great, Matt. From from our own side, it'd be brilliant to have three colleges in it. You know, and that's where what we had now started with the lads in. Mary I winning, UL winning, yeah. uh, well, TUS not not winning but competing, right? So that's where like you know we get Dermot Burns in there with them, you know. So look, that's where it starts. Okay, so it's brilliant to see them all competing and all making a true would be huge, you know. And uh, TUS having a home uh, match against what was GMIT match, I'm not sure what they're called, right? Having a home game is huge, right? So they're hard to beat in their home. Okay, they'll be they'll be hard to beat up in up in Milish College, uh, out the back there. So that'll be interesting to see. So it'll be brilliant to have them. Okay, and the sprinkling Limerick players across across all is very important as well. You know, so they'll be they'll be huge. I thought Matt, you were on a, on a, on a go there. I thought you were going to go to town with the Cork Seniors the way you were talking about UCC there for a minute, but you headed back. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know the, the, the Cork seniors um, they're a bit of an enigma at the moment you know you would be saying to yourself like if you have a few five or six regular Cork seniors on your college's panel like um, there, there was a day if you had five or six college uh, you know um, the college college would, would win the Fitzgibbon Cup like they've done like they've done so often in the past like in the time of Canon Michael O'Brien when they won seven or eight in a row you know but um, and they were the days when they had even less Cork senior players than they have now they have to they have to beat Minute up in Minute to qualify to play yeah, well it's in the Mardike it's in the Mardike it's in the Mardike is it okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the Mardike twice the night yeah so yeah, that's probably telling as well for Minou to come down and be a big ask. Mm. But uh, yeah, having just played as well on Monday, yeah, so quick yeah, turnaround so, for them. So yeah, I thought I'd tee you up there to. I thought I'd tee you up there to have another go at Cork for to see what you're <laughs> didn't bite this time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just to you know, just to mention, O'Brien, O'Brien, <laughs> you will be trying to tee me up as well. Your worst than jacket getting under me. <laughs> yeah, just, just lads to mention the the LIT lads or the TUS Midwest, which uh, they are now. Uh, did some of the Limerick involvement? Sean Renan of Bruff, uh, he went off injured early last week against you. Well, Derek Casey uh, held uh, the full back position as well. Uh, they, as far as I'm aware, were the only two Limerick uh, men in the starting panel. Uh, with Paddy Morrissey of Bruff, or sorry, of uh, Ahan, I should say, and Michael Ryan. Of Boher, um involved, I think, from the bench as well. There's uh, a couple of others deeper down the panel, but um, I suppose uh, it's always attracted. Uh, you went there yourself, Morris. It's always attracted lads from um, all over the, the region, really, hasn't it? Um, uh, Milish, uh, the Milish campus, and uh, look, I suppose maybe not their not their best few years in the Fitzgibbon things, but these things go and they kind of can go in cycles. Going cycles, like sure, we were you you were unintended with players when I was in there, but that's I suppose everyone was getting into the the courses, construction related courses that out there at the yeah. time. Uh, sure, I'm, I'm a Quantis of Air myself, and half the team was made up of between Quantis of Air and construction management and whatnot. So just a sign of the times, really. Where where yeah. what are the what are the areas of people are looking for in their profession, you know, so that comes in cycles. You saw all the Mary I, how hot they went when they won two two in a row 
Um, there, how many was that? Four or five years ago now. Declan yeah, Hannan, more now, yeah. They're doing another final as well. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, Garrett, a lot, you know, a lot of them there, and UL to be fair are, are always strong. Very rarely are UL not not in not in the picture in the last twenty years. You know, so uh, yeah, that's brilliant. I think I think it's fantastic. You, you know, like, it's a great breeding ground to get guys game time at that level. You know, and you look mm-hmm. UL. UCC, if that does materialise as a quarter final uh, in Limerick, wouldn't that be a cracking occasion? You know. Yeah, there, there. I was. Um, I was kind of saying how good a standard of hurling it is, but like, uh, you know, for anyone that's maybe has never ventured along to these games, how, how could just, how could you portray it? Now, it's not an intercounty game. I'm not trying to blow that out of it, but you know, I always find that the games to, to have a, a great tempo to them. You know, players get on with it. There's very little. They're very little messing you know, the, 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 and and because the guys are so young in general, you know, I know some guys can go back to college and whatever, but because they're all between what I suppose nineteen and twenty three or four, maybe, you know, there's there's uh, they're, they're all fit lads now, especially especially the way things have gone at that age. That's probably it. It fits in there, right? So like, it's probably under twenty ones. Well, what it was in my day, we would have been a step above that, but like obviously a couple of steps below your senior in the county. But it's definitely above what would be under 20s now a year younger, you know. So it's definitely a, a better uh, area to test yourselves because you're playing against seeing like under 20s now doesn't have senior and county players playing on it, right? So it, it is the only opportunity you have there now to test yourself at that level slightly below senior and county. And if, mm-hmm. if you were excelling at Fitzgibbon Cup, you're going to get a crack with your county team, right? And if you're not, like th- these matches are being watched. And if you're not excelling there, like, and, and you're probably thinking you're deserving an opportunity, you're not going to get it if you're not excelling because they're being watched tightly, you know. So, um, but if you're performing at Fitzgibbon Cup, you're getting, you're going to get your opportunity with, with your county team. Be whatever county team that is, you're going. It's being watched. I remember Shane McGrath, Conor Romani couldn't get on the tip panel at the time, and we're starting for us wing back and centre back uh, in the same line as myself, and the two of them were absolutely outstanding and went on to start for tip later that year and play for 10 more years for tip but they were on the outside looking in of a tip panel on, on until that Fitzgibbon cup season um i can't remember mid mid noughties whatever it was you know but they were outside looking in and the same has happened numerous times over the years yeah definitely and uh, what was it like uh, you mentioned joe canning <laughs> but he, he he probably attracted the crowds as much as anything uh i do look the, the only the only thing I'd have, I'd have loved, right? So I was I was lucky enough to be there at the time when we had Owen Kelly when I went in first, and right. Owen left the number fourteen jersey, and Joe Canning stepped into it. It was an awful he didn't cross over for one year. Well, that would have been magic, wouldn't it? And to have been great to be in full forward in between the two of them. <laughs> you wouldn't have need, you wouldn't have needed to do much with your with your when you got the ball to wing back. You just needed to you know put it in the sure. area. Davy Fitz's uh, the old video with Davy Fitz that he blamed me for at the time. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> What was what were the instructions? Get the ball into Joe. It was, it was simplistic enough stuff like get yeah. it into Joe. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the other thing as well with the the Fitzgibbon because of the time of year and especially now it's so condensed. Coaches have to keep it simple. They can't, you know, they don't have the, the hours. They probably don't even have some of the players uh, at their disposal. Yeah, yeah. And they have to keep the messages very simple. This is what we're trying to do with puckos. This is what we're trying to do. You know, uh, from certain certain things, they can't they can't be uh, bogging players down with detail. It's just you know, it, it's simple enough game at times. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, Matt has Matt has has he left us or is he still there? I think he's hanging in there. Matt, we're going to flip now towards the. Uh... Matt's thinking of car curlers there. <laughs> 
we're going to flip now towards uh, another competition, which I think you were very fond of, Maris. The Harty Cup match um, Saturday coming. Before actually, before we come to the Harty Cup, I must mention that there's uh, two other Limerick uh, schools in finals in the next few days. On Thursday, Gwail Kalash the Limney play in the under nineteen E final against Gwail Kalash the Kiri. That is in Bantier on a Thursday afternoon, twelve thirty start for them. Wishing them. Uh, all the best uh, in their promotion of the game. Obviously, it's a, a relatively new school. I think opened in 2007 or six or seven, I think it was. And I've just moved to a new campus, so I'm sure uh, a welcome uh, addition to the to the new trophy cabinet if they have one that uh, would be a bit of silverware there. Matt, just looking up the grades then. Skull Cup Paul Kilfinnan, you mentioned it last week. They're in the under 19 C final. Yeah, they're under in 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 the under 19 C final, and they're they're, they're playing. Um, um, Glanmire Community College in Fetterdon, Saturday at 2.30pm and um, it's their second time in four years reaching the semi-final they were beaten by two points by Colossal Trassa um, Cantork in 2020 it was a Colossal Trassa team that included Brian O'Sullivan who is now one of the um, the stars with, um, with the UL team but they have a very, very strong team this year, and they have been very, very impressive. Um, they, they, they have reached the final without um, without losing a game. Now, they drew with St. Augustine's from Dungarvan in the final game of the group stages on a day in which they were without a couple of key players, um, notably Shane Fitzgibbon of, of Drummond-Atlaca and, and uh, Sean O'Dwyer of Black Rock. Um, due, due to um, their commitment to it, it coincided with the county final, the county premier intermediate hurling final. So, um, but they were back, they met St. Augustine's again in the semi final, um, about 10 days ago, and they had a huge win over them. And um, they, they, they have a very good sprinkling of good players in, in so far as that, um, um. Uh, Shane Fitzgibbon has played minor with Limerick in 2022, he's now on the under 20 panel. Christina Gorman from Charleville um, was a Cork minor last year. And um, you have three lads from, from my own club there, um, uh, Glenroe, you have the, the, the Dennehy brothers and Adam Froon, who are county minors this year. And um, you have Dan Froon also from our own club here, um, who is a member of the under-19 squad. So, like, they, they have... They, 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 they have, you know, they have good players basically all over the pitch. Shane Fitzgibbon now, who was quite effective in the county final, you will remember. Now, he, he he's the full back, and Christina Garman, the ex-cut minor, now is, is is full forward. So, but they're up against a very strong, a very strong team uh, in Kalash, in, um, in, in, in um, Glanmire Community College. And it's the second Glanmire team that they have played in the competition. Because they already knocked out Kalash the Padrick Dunmire. But um eh, they, they, you know they're coming up against a very strong team and they, they, they have one particular star player on, on the Glanmire um, team, and that's that's Finn O'Brien from Elm Zone, who was a member of the Cork Minor team last year and is a very free scoring forward. So a lot of their chances could hinge on how they deal with him. But overall, um, they seem to have. Morris would be very familiar with most of the players I've said, um, in, you know, in, in how they deal with him. But overall, they seem to have a very balanced side, and like, let's hope that they will make up for, you know, um, the um, 
the, the last of four years ago. And um, two lads from Comog Rovers who are teaching in, in Kilfin and um, Anthony Punch and Pather McCarthy, along with Eddie Kylie from Dune, um, make up their management team. So, you know, I'd just like to wish them the very best of luck on Saturday. Just, Matt, on, on that, isn't it brilliant to see um, Limerick schools, I suppose, competing now, right? And, and I know I know personally there's a lot of work going in in Skull Bowl. They've put a lot of investment in getting a gym done and whatnot for players there. And I, I think it's brilliant to see them competing. Uh, there's a good conveyor belt of players coming through in, in the area, right? So local enough to us, Matt, right? And I know a lot of them quite well. And I can know our own lads in, in Glenru there quite well. Um, so... I think it's brilliant and it's great to see him excel and it's crazy to work on in. I know the county board are investing, I suppose, time with coaches going in at second level in John the Baptist and whatnot. So I think it's key that we excel at second level uh, throughout, uh, I suppose, from Harty down. And like a lot of the sprinkling of that Skull Pole team are involved in between minor and number 20s. Um, so it'd be great to see him excel. Look, I, I look the lads in Glenroe. I can run the twenty ones this year going like and, and Darren Frone after we call into the twenties panel was absolutely exceptional for us, you know. So I'll be watching with a keen interest on, on that game for look, I suppose for our own lads and, and the lads locally as well. So, uh, but it's brilliant to see and I look a lot of work on in and John the Baptist as well. It was fantastic to see them getting 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 so far in the heart. It's a pity they had to meet hard skull at. At the stage they did, if they could have went on and met later in the competition, it would have been brilliant. But it's just fantastic, and I, it would be brilliant to see another couple of Limerick schools. It'd be great to see Dune getting back up to where they were, you know, as well. So I think I saw Dune playing Hearty Cup this year. They were looking not to qualify out of the group, but it, it's important for all of our schools to be competing, qualifying out of our groups at, at all those levels. You know, it's brilliant to see them. Uh, Skull Fall getting there, I know a lot of work has gone in there, and I suppose. Hearty final will be interesting as well, guys, won't it? Yeah, it will. Uh, the, just uh, the Hearty final is Saturday, Nina, CBS, and Arsenal Reach. Uh, that is in Cusick Park in Ennis, a 1 pm start. Um, I was looking the other day, it's 10 years since Arsenal Reach won a final that included a certain Keen Lynch, a certain Mike Casey, and would you believe it, on the bench, and given this was, I think he's leaving third year, a certain herder of the year now in Aaron Galland. So, uh, his rise was not a quick one uh, through the ranks, but um, nevertheless, he was there on a very uh, strong uh, Arsenal Reach team that won a Hearty Cup in 2014. So just over 10 years, I think, uh, nearly to the day, uh, they beat, uh, it was uh, Dune, you mentioned there, Clash, uh, 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 what's the name of the school? <laughs> it's come out of my head here now. Oh, uh, the T anyway, no, I, I've been wrong. Out of my, I, I don't want to miss, misstep on it, Matt will correct me, but... Um, but sorry, they beat Dune in the final. Um, and just looking at the two teams, just so many names we're so used to seeing around the county. Um, and obviously, so there's some guys from Clare involved with Arsenal Reach. But if we can look uh, towards... Just, just not cutting across you there, Tom, but the, 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 that was against Charles with CBS in 2011 you were talking about. No, no, I'm just saying it was the 2014 final I'm talking about here. Because sorry, my ten apologies. Years, 10 years on, yeah. And I just found it so interesting to see Aaron Galan as a sub. And obviously, he wasn't someone who'd made a major impact at minor level. And... Look, not every player is going to get to represent Limerick, but maybe guys might write their 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 hurling chances off because oh, I was a sub in this or I wasn't, you know. And now look at him; he's the he's the number one hurler in the country. You know, he he uh, he obviously put in the time after that, and uh, you know I managed remember, to come up. I the, remember to come up. Tom going to a Fitzgibbon Cup match? I suppose we've been through the Fitzgibbon. But I, 
Pat Donnelly and myself uh, went separately, right? And Aaron Glenn had just been cut off the Limerick senior squad. I suppose his first couple of, his first rodeo win there, 2017, maybe. Yeah. I think it was 17, yeah. And uh, he got cut, cut earlier in the year. And we went to see Mary I playing Fitzgibbon Cup in Mary I. And I was up on the balcony and Pat, Pat was down on the sideline. And Aaron Glenn just hit one of them days where he just caught fire. I think he got three goal, three something like. And I remember Pat looked up at me and I was down and I said, well, we have a free taker and our key man. You <laughs> were there straight. In what was a really good team, I just couldn't get over the performance. I'd seen him playing Lee earlier in the year for Patrick Swell against the hand. He was unbelievable. But that was the day I was like, whoa, something special here. And uh, turned out to be. So it just goes to show. And, and I saw there year, earlier in the year as well where Hugo Keenan, the rugby player, couldn't make his school's team in... Uh, I don't know where he is. He couldn't, he couldn't make a B team or something. Couldn't school, make a B team. And, like and there that, he yeah. is, one of the best players in the country now as well. So it just goes to show everyone develops at different times. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If we can look to the present day, so uh, Matt, uh, I think this one is going to be a cracking game on, in Ennis on, on um, Saturday. I've just been uh, just been asked to do a report or two on it this afternoon. So I tell you, I'm licking my lips heading out here for this one. It's uh, Article Reach. And Nina, what way do you think uh, this one is going to land? Well, you know, just just a few little asides to it. You know, if were Nina to win it, um, there'll be it'll be the third year in a row that there'll be first time winners. You had St Joseph's winning their first in twenty twenty two. You had Cashley Community College winning it last year. Nina have never won it. They have been beaten in four finals, and if there's an omen for Nina, they never won the Dean Ryan Cup until last November when they won it for the first time. Now, there is a bit of a crossover of players um, in the Nina side. Now, Dunnock um, um, O'Donnell, Dunnock O'Donnell is the coach. He was with Limerick for a while. And um, they have they have a, a Tipperary a player that's bordering on being on the Tipperary senior panel, Dara McCarthy from Tumivara. And they also have a member of the 2022 Tipperary all-Ireland winning minor team, Kieran Foley from, from Barasikane. Um, but it, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. But I, I, I've seen, like, I've seen an art school a couple of times this year, and I have to say I'm hugely impressed with him. And now, Tom, I think you saw him with me both days, did you? Yeah. You definitely saw him with me on one occasion. And um, you'd have to say, in, 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 in the game against Turles, how they played for the first 10 minutes, at the end of which there were eight points to no score up. It, it, it was just consummate hurling. It was just hurling at its very, very best, and we haven't seen the like of it. But they weren't able to sustain it. Turles came back, got ahead of them down on the home straight, but they had that guile um, when it mattered and when their championship was under threat to dig it out in the closing stages. Now, similar somewhat against John the Baptist. They were cruising about five points up. John the Baptist got a run in them, reduced the margin to, to, to a single point with less than 10 minutes to go. And they had to dig in. So they're sort of battle having, but lads, they have a stellar team. Like They have seven players that were involved in the Clare All-Ireland winning minor team last year. Like you, Then you, you look at the Limerick side of it, you have James O'Keefe, you have... Um, Sean Morrissey, who was the Limerick minor captain last year. You have um, um, oh, um, uh, 
you've seen Shane Shane Scully who who, who stabbed with 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 um with um with Truman and Clackey in the county final, Fenton Fitzgerald at centre forward, yeah, from Munger St. Paul's, who was a Limerick minor last year. Fiona O'Brien in goals, son of Spencer, the of, of the great Jim O'Brien of 1973, and son of John, a former Limerick player as well. Um, he's in goals and he's a former Limerick minor. So um, it, it, it's a stellar cast, you know, but um, they, they've been put to the pin of their collar. Um, to get over, first of all, John the Baptist, and um, and, and then in particular, Tullus, Tullus, CBS. And to me, it gave me the sense that they have that resilience, you know, to dig it out when it is necessary. Now, Nina are going to bring, they're going to come with all guns blazing. I haven't seen them now. They've, they played Charleville twice, and they played them in the first round, and they beat them by four points, and they played them in the semi final, and they beat them by four points. But Charvel were leading by a point going into injury time. Yeah, in injury so time. So they too, they too know how to dig out a game. So, like, I, I, I think this is all the ingredients to be a classic hockey final. Yeah, uh, Morris, your your own memories of of hockey. I think we tend to start. Yeah. You won it twice. On memories. Yeah, of, yeah, uh, Jesus. Many, 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 many moons ago. So I, I can't do much complaining about Clare fellas now playing on a Liberty team. I was playing on a Cork team, so I'll park that one. But what I, what I will say about it is it's brilliant. Right, you'll say there's a couple of players playing on it. It's brilliant for the exposure that we have. Yeah, is there seven Limerick starters? Is it eight, Matt? Yeah, it's, it's probably eight, seven in Clare's favour. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. It's but like the exposure, right, you take those Clare lads out of Arts School probably aren't in a hard Cup final. So the exposure to that level of hurling to, for the, the seven and plus what, what comes on, it's brilliant. And it's brilliant for the county as a whole to be same as the third college to be involved at this level, uh, to have a team in the final, and I look a really good opportunity for what I what I'm here uh, seeing. And I, I just saw I saw the, a hospital game in John the Baptist. They're a big, strong, physical team, which I counts for a lot in Hearty Cup Ireland in these conditions. So yeah, no, I, I look. I haven't seen Cashel, but I, I or Nina, but I would imagine they'll have a. You know, I'd look to be the team to be in it, or it's called all right. Yeah, uh, Matt. Any anything more to add in it? Obviously, the the history. I think I alluded to last no, no, history. No, no, no. You know, I I I got the semi finals right when you asked me the question, and I'm I'm I'm, yeah, I'm going I'm going for Arts to win it. But you know, I think I think it'll be very very tight. But in a tight situation, I would back Arts all all day from what I've seen in the last two rounds. Yeah, definitely. They had they had the answers when the questions were, were coming thick and fast in those two rounds of fairness. Yeah. And they came up with the answers. So that's Saturday, one PM in uh Cusick Park in Ennis. So uh, if that are not nothing else, I can tell you that will be a crack a cracking game of hurling to go and witness. Matt, the only other hurling item I have certainly here is the junior B game last weekend, uh, deferred by a week for Mona Lean and uh, a low scoring game by uh, by modern standards, but matter a jot for Mona Lean that got extra time get the better of Wolf Tones and uh, a Munster Junior B final awaits. Yeah, Munster Junior B final awaits on Saturday the 11th in Mahina against Drum, Drum and Inch from, from Tipperary. And, you know, there's an old cliche going around that semi-finals are all about getting through, you know. And um, certainly if, if, if you look at the respective semi-finals, Drum and Inch have, have been the, the, the far, more, far more impressive 
in, in that they had a huge win over the Cork champions who previously had a win in the quarterfinal over De La Salle from Waterford. So, um, uh, um, uh, the Cork champions were Oliver Plunkett's who completed a junior B uh, Dublin Cork last year and they're from a place called Hay Oil. Uh, deep, deep, deep down in West Cork, and um, they're actually coming up next Sunday in the football to play um, to play um, zone from Waterford in Paddy Carroll Park in the Junior B football. You know, which unfortunately Ballylanders lost last week. But um, um, Drummond Inch appeared to be um, firm favourites for it. But I, I recall last year, as I said to you off air, Torla Sarsfields were practically. Um, unbeatable going into the final last year and Ruff, nobody told Ruff and Ruff beat him so, yeah. you know um, I'd be quite hopeful that that that, that Mona Lean are in with a real good chance of bringing it to Limerick, um, now we won the Munster Championship on a number of occasions but the, 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 the All-Ireland series seems to have eluded us, we would only won once and I think it was in 2015 when Dune won it after being beaten in the in, in the in the um in the monster final by killing all um they went they came back the the, the system for 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 Kilidi is that the, the you have the Leinster final which this year is between Ballinasloe and Bor and you have the monster final which is between Drummond Inch and 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 Monolean is that the, 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 they're crossed in the All Ireland semi final the winner of Leinster plays the runner up of Munster and vice versa that's how Dune got back into it and won the All Ireland that year. But Limerick teams have won the, have have a pretty good record in winning the Munster Championship, like you, like a Temple, Danton, Ratkeel, Brewery, Brough. You know, they they they've all won it at different stages. Capamore, Capamore were beaten in the All Ireland final a couple of years ago by Algate and Brian from Wexford. But um, yeah, I I'd be pretty hopeful. But we'll be talking about it in greater depth, I presume, next week, Tom, in in immediately on the lead up to the to the game. Yeah. I think they'll be delighted to get uh, two more days out uh, from us. I think that brings us near the end of the hurling chat. But Morris, I'll put you on the spot here now. Uh, what do we know? We're the very last day of uh, our last few days of January. Will Limerick win the five in a row? Oh well, that's a that's a grand question. Tom. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> there's no other so. answer. I can, yeah. There's no other answer I can give you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't be allowed back on if you said anything else. But tell me this: if you were to pick, if you were to pick hurler of the year, or maybe you know a player that you think could have a huge year, and I know it's it's probably changed every year, so it's uh, predictions and this are quite folly. But maybe one that you know you might see being a real to real to the real four for Limerick uh, in 2024. I I. Don't, I, I... Seems we've parted well three in a row, right? We'll skip the Patrick Soil contingent, which is which is hard to look Give past. Give them a break. Give them a break. I think they're having a celebration night for their three in a row hurlers there, sure. Yeah. Uh, a hurler of the year, sure. A man that's in, in the conversation every year, right? Kyle Hayes, hurler of the year. Well, there's, 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 a, there's a statement now. Yeah, yeah. We're good to see uh, someone from the back line as well. Uh, it's nearly always flowers, but uh, someone that had obviously worn the, the, the lower numbers. Interesting to see how that one plays out uh, at the year end. Morris, we must thank you for your uh, joining us here on this uh, episode of Treaty Talk. I'm sure we'll be checking in with you during the year. And uh, hopefully, as you say, there'll be no doubt about the the, uh, the five in a row and we'll have uh, some history in 2024. But I'm sure hopefully. I'm sure, I'm sure, sure if we don't, we'll, uh, we'll be along for every step of the ride anyway. Brilliant. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Matt.
Thanks, thanks a million, Maris. Thank you. Now we must thank Maris for his uh, contribution on the hurling front. We're now switching codes here on Treaty Talk to the football side of things around Limerick. And uh, Sunday afternoon last saw the Limerick uh, football team return to the Alliance Football League Division 3. And unfortunately for Jimmy Lee on his first outing in the competition as uh, Bonish Door at Limerick were defeated at home 2-7 to 2-14 by Antrim. Matt, uh, I was at the game. I know you were um, otherwise engaged at a club game, but... Um, Disappointing afternoon, never nice to be losing the first day out, never nice to be losing at home. Uh, this Limerick team is most definitely a work in progress. Yeah, just before I take your question there, Tom, I, I, I would just like to say, express our thanks to, to, to Morris O'Brien because um, there, are, there are a few people I know that are as passionate and as well informed about hurling as Morris. It's, it's always great to have a conversation with him, as you could see there now, because Certainly, right yeah. across the whole spectrum of hurling, he, he really, really is into it. Like, and, of course, he was involved with the, 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 the All-Ireland winning Limerick team of, of 2017 in, in, as a member of Pat Donnelly's backroom team. I think he referenced it there at one stage. But yeah. to answer your question, it's very, very disappointing, um, uh, Tom, to, to lose. But... Um, look, this is going to be a difficult year for Limerick. Make no bones about that. Um, um, like if you inherit a squad like Jimmy Lee has inherited that are down 17 players. Now, and I, we've, we've said this a number of times, but like the reality is beginning to dawn now. Like that it is, and as you said, it's a work in progress. And what it needs, Tom, is patience. This is not going to happen overnight. Now, um, as, as we saw the McGrath Cup, the Kerry game was no barometer whatsoever because you had a Division Three team against the All Ireland runners up. You know, uh, Tipperary game maybe more so of a barometer. But the real business started here with Antrim, and after a poor first half, Limerick regrouped. And brought the lead down to a point. And I suppose there was there was a black card in and everything involved, and, and Limerick were eventually beaten by seven points. It was not the start that they would be have, have hope for because um you know when, when you're starting out as Jimmy Lee is starting out as manager, he's not just only starting out as manager, but he's starting out in and having to rebuild the team. If he inherited a squad. Totally different scenario, um, but um, he, he's got he's got to, he's got to build a squad, and Tom, let's face it, it's going to take time. But yeah. having said that, I, I I and I suppose you know the first thing you would have to do would be target your home games, and try and make them count, and that's what Antrim would be one of those. Now, um. I, I would liken Jimmy Lee's situation um, a lot to that of Anthony of um, uh, Alan McEntee, the Antrim manager. Yeah, just he a went year. In, uh, year, year in division three, uh, barely survived uh, a poor Ulster championship, but really had his mark put on the team and on the squad when it came to the Tarleton Cup. Yeah. And they forced me to depend on their color. In the, in the semi-final uh, of it. In, yeah. in the semi-final. 
So um, it, it, it was just a question of picking it up. But it took him all that time, having having gone in there, you know. And Jimmy Lee needs time, but unfortunately, like um, Division Three can be a very forbidding place, Tom, as as, as we as we've known as we've known in the past, and and um, it's it's going to be difficult, and points are going to be at a premium, like. Next next Saturday night now Limerick go to down. It's the first of, of three very tricky away games that Limerick have. Because their next away game is away to Westmeath, which will be coming after a home game with Sligo. And they, they also have, have a trip to Offaly. So like they, 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 and a trip to Wicklow. Yeah. So um it, it's not very easy and they're, they're going facing a down team that are on a high after a win in the opening round now they didn't root up any trees in the dr mckenna cup well they got beaten narrowly by the eventual champions there and they beat cavern but wasn't enough to get to the semi-final but they had a good win in wicklow now wicklow mm. ha- and particularly akram has been the graveyard of so many teams hopes in the past even though limerick have picked up a couple of wins there in recent years but it's the first of four games. Like Limerick have down out to just two games left at home. That's the worry. So yeah. that will give you a that will give you a sense of the challenge. Those home games are against Sligo and against Clare. Hmm. And like those two teams met last week, and Clare won by a point. So, um, what it needs is patience, and and. Um, a number of people that what they are told me that they saw the green shoots of maybe a team coming together. Yeah. But as I said, it's it's going to take time. And 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 um, you know, I, I, I know in, 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 in sport among supporters, patience is a thing that's in very short supply. Yeah, but, certainly. Yeah. But I, I, I would plead for patience in this case because like you're building practically from a blank canvas. So mm-hmm. <coughs> um, just let's hope that the performance in, in, in down will augur well for when Sligo visit McNeville Park in, in the third round. Yeah, certainly. And uh, just to, I was at the game myself, Matt, and just to, to mention the, the green shoots, Carl Downs being back, you know, he was introduced as a sub. That there's one. I think uh the 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 way Limerick came out as a third quarter was definitely admirable. And I know they were up against 14 men for, for 10 minutes of that, but the way they went after Antrim was certainly to be liked. They definitely had more openings than Antrim. Now you can spin that as a positive or a negative, depending on how you look at it, but they had created more opportunities. Just unfortunately the radar was slightly askew and on a different day they might have went a point or two ahead and as you know Matt in football you know getting into the lead uh, can sometimes be very very valuable heading down the straight and Limerick were kind of chasing it the whole way through you know and the, the problem was they gave away two goals you know there was a mistake for the penalty uh, by the goalkeeper Aaron O'Sullivan he made a mistake and get conceded the penalty and then the second goal immediately after Limerick got it back to a point for the second time they cut the gap back to a point with uh, with um, Tommy Child's great finish for the goal, back to a point, and Limerick conceded from the very next play. So hopefully these you know mistakes won't be replicated in for further round, future rounds. 
and they could sharpen up on the the accuracy of the the shooting and the passing and that that might lend itself to being a lot closer on the scoreboard and invariably picking up some points you know maybe yeah. i'm simplifying it but you know I, I wouldn't be too downtrodden on on things it's disappointing to lose at home by seven points but you know there was some some things certainly to be positive about yeah now down of course are, are um were runners up in the Tarleton Cup yeah so and um they were they, they they just missed promotion last year on scoring difference with Cavan. Yeah. So like they're going to be a formidable outfit, you know, and it's unfortunate that that, that Limerick have to travel to, to Park Esler, you know. Mm. Um but th- that's the randomness of the draw or whatever way it is decided. But um yeah, look, we'd be hoping for a good performance against Down, you know, and just hope if Limerick bring you know the best they can um, to to to, to Nuri that they might pick up something out of it. Um, you you, uh, you mentioned there about the return of Cahal Downs. Does the eminent return as well in the next couple of weeks of Danny Neville? Yeah, and they need a, need a forward of his caliber, I think. You know. Yeah, which would be which would be a major asset. Yeah, definitely, and uh, hopefully some of the other injuries will will clear up. But uh, yeah, I think uh, on another day Limerick might have. Forged ahead, as I say, and who knows what would happen then in the last uh, last quarter of an hour or so. Uh, Matt, yeah, you were, as I said at the start, you were otherwise engaged. You were at um, the Munster Junior B Club Championship. Uh, your own Ballylanders, unfortunately, were uh, defeated by Shannon Gales. Uh, what way did this one go? Were were the you know were the second best for most of it, or or did uh, did the, the Tipperary men deserve it? What way did you you, you land on it? Yes, I know. Um, Shannon, G- Shannon Rovers des- de- de- deserves to win. I mean, I'm, I'm not disputing that, but for the first 25 minutes, Tom, it was a no-show by Ballylanders. They were playing with the wind, and I think there were seven or eight points to two down. Right. Um, coming up to half time, or seven points anyway, I think. But uh, and, and the lead up to half time, they seemed to find a bit of rhythm. Put the pressure on on Shannon. Uh, Shannon, um, um, it was actually Rovers. six points to two yeah. uh, on Shannon Rovers, and got two goals um, uh, be- before half time. One of them was well worked goal in from the right, um, finished by Phil O'Sullivan, and the other one was a Kieran O'Callaghan free that dropped right in and was sort of dropping in under the bar. And um, there was a goal Mount Malie and then. Eamon O'Mahony was the man that got it and steered it into the net. And um, Killian Lane, who departed for Australia a couple of hours later, um, going out there, uh, he kicked a magnificent point before halftime. And as a result, Paddy led at halftime by 2-4 to, to six points. Um, uh, uh, 2-4 to eight points. There were two points up. Um, um George Hannigan kicked the last kick in the first half. He kicked the point. Now, George Hannigan was outstanding. George Hannigan played for Tipperary Seniors for 10 years before and played in the All-Ireland semi-final against Mayo in 2015 and retired from inter-county football in 2016. But he, you know, as a finisher, he was really, really class at centre-forward. But with the elements, Ballylanders failed to a certain degree to make the... um, you know, they, they they found it difficult playing in 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 into um into the elements. They took the game to to um to Shannon Rovers, but too often, you know, delivered that extra pass 
um, and got turned over. And you know, passing on on a day in which there's there's kind of a swirling breeze, and tis for the most part against you. It's 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 not very wise, especially um, anything more than four or five yards. You know, and they, they got turned over when they were in the final turn on a number of occasions. And as a result, they only got two points in, in the second half. And um, uh, Shannon Rovers eventually won by four. Um, decent game of football for January, Tom. Now, Ballylanders were down three key players from the county final. And uh, that, that certainly... Um, uh, didn't help their cause. Now, Dylan Noonan, who was man of the match in the county final, was one of them. He came on about five or six minutes into the second half. Um, with Pat Fox, who, who was abroad, uh, and, and the team captain, and, and um, Tom McDonald, um, played no part in the game. But, um, yeah, Ballylanders will be disappointed. Um, uh, they, 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 you know, but it was the first 25 minutes when they had the breeze, it was no show. Yeah, they were always uh, under the under the cash saying even though they had forged the head, but uh, couldn't uh, couldn't do enough there. So a disappointment for Ballylanders. There was uh, not too far away from you there. At the, I think the same time the ladies footballers Matt, uh got their second win of the campaign, moving them on to two wins and a draw now ahead of a bit of a break. Um, they've defeated Kilkenny. I think we said last week there was no no doubt whatsoever that they would win this game. I think it was what one nine to a point uh, was the final score. Uh, Limerick used a lot of new faces. They brought back some of the uh, the familiar names uh, from the bench as well. So probably a worthwhile exercise. But uh, I suppose it was just there wasn't an awful lot to gain out of this game. Um, really, it was just to, to to tick the box of winning it. Really. Yeah. Well, I think we flagged it last week that you know it was an ideal situation. Teased the like of Roisin Ambrose, Ivan Lee. Uh, Katie Me and Alva Quaid back into back into the back into the team. But uh, it's it's great like to be seven points and be second in the table, only behind Leitrim after the first tranche of games. But you must remember that we have played two of the weakest teams in it, i.e. Derry and in, in Kilkenny. And yeah. Tom, I would be slightly worried. There are eight teams in the group. Four are going through to the semi-finals, and you're going to have a tight situation as the, as the league progresses. And I'd be slightly worried, and um, um, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, uh, type of thing. Um, it, it, it was all very well, and it was an ideal scenario to try fringe players and try new players against Kilkenny. But I just fear, you know, I got that morbid fear about it today when I was looking at and doing a piece for the paper on it, and um, I said, you know, this could come back to haunt us. The fact that we didn't put up a big score, if it comes down to scoring difference, yeah, if it came down against Mistlow, we scored we scored one nine also against Derry. Hmm. Leitrim got nine goals against them. Yeah. So, that, that um, yeah. I, I'd be extremely worried if it came down to scoring difference, that this particular game could compromise our chances. I hope not. I hope that we will have enough points. To be in the top four and the way we're going, we're looking that way. But, yeah. but you never know. There's a lot of football to be played yet. There are four rounds to go. Yeah. And we have games. We have games against um, Longford coming up, who were relegated last year, and who play at intermediate level in the football championship. 
then we have Leitrim away, and then we have home games with Carlo and Fermanagh. Well, Fermanagh are one of the top teams in this as well. So, you know, um, I, I still think we'll make the top four, but, you know, the drop of the couple of points against Wicklow, maybe the fact that we didn't um, go for the juggler against Kilkenny might just come back to haunt us. I hope not. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose that the win was the win was just there to be had, and that's maybe that's all they were. Well, it was paramount yeah. that you picked up the yeah. three points, yeah. Tom. But you know that, that there are side issues to it. You know. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that about covers us. Um, obviously, a bumper hurling edition this week with the return of the national league, and uh, looking ahead to the year that may be for uh, Limerick Herders. Matt, I think we've it all covered. We've no controversy this week. That's two weeks in a row now. I think is it. Well, <laughs> no said. controversy. No controversy for us off the field uh, to discuss maybe this week, but uh, no, yeah. not since Super Value Park, if we've had no, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, well, but I'm we sure could have so. we, we had controversy because there was.